Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key, and friendships are made to last a lifetime. Got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. <laughs> Alright, Skylar, what do we got here? We got a oh. nice looking red ball. Yeah. She came on recently, and we're going to give you a little uh, background of who she is and, and what she does and all that fun stuff. So, Christy, why don't you you kick it off and kind of tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the outdoors? Yeah. Um, so, growing up, um, my father had four girls. So, I was his girl out of the four who got into the outdoors. Um, we did everything from fishing because um, we grew up on a lake to rabbit hunting, um, turkey hunting, deer hunting, all that fun stuff. So it just kind of stuck with me. Um, my other sisters, like they would try it, but they didn't really enjoy it as much as I did, I guess you would say, because they didn't really stick with it. Um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot from my father. Um, my grandfather was big into hunting as I was growing up as well. So I had him as an influencer as also. Oh, nice. Nice. So how old were you when you, when you really first started getting out and um, what were you mainly, were you hunting? Were you fishing? Were you doing all of the above or? <laughs> so we honestly were, were all of the, all of the above. Um, I probably started I would go out with my dad as a young kid. So I couldn't physically like actually hunt, you know, have a gun with me at the time, but I'd go out and sit with him in the blind, um, at the, you know, four or five years old. And from there, I just kind of, he would like, um, teach me different animal tracks and stuff like that. And then he was kind of the one who didn't give in to me wanting to be the little kid and wanting to give up because I was too tired or too cold or too bored. It was always, well, tough it up. This is how you have to do it. Like, you can't just, the steer could walk by any minute and you want to leave. And so 
I kind of like got strong from that aspect. Um, but we continued to do it. I actually got to meet Fred Trost as well when I was younger. Um, and I got to go. Um, so the National Wild Turkey Federation had a big dinner when it was um, here in Michigan. And I got to go to this dinner with my dad and we got to go up on stage and present a turkey that he had shot that I was with him with. So I got to like talk on stage about this turkey and Fred had asked me, you know, well, what was it like? How did it happen? And I got to go over all the details. And I think the funniest thing, which I had the room laughing was because my father was sleeping when the turkeys came in. So I nudged him and told him these turkeys were coming in. And when he took a shot and the bird dropped, my first response was, dad, you you shot the smaller one. (laughs) (laughs) So the room started dying. I mean, there was hundreds of people at this, at this dinner and it ended up being on TV. And so that was one of my favorite memories with my father. And since then it's just been, we'd get out and go ice fishing and we used tip-ups a lot um, because again I would get too cold and I didn't want to sit out there and um, but I I grew up with it and that's just kind of where where I learned. I'll say Christy has been on a lot of events with us before she was a PR and she definitely has that like go-to attitude all the time stick it out thick and thin like doesn't matter the the weather like she is all in all the time and you can definitely see that in her thanks to dad there it sounds like. <laughs> it was and that that was always his thing and he would get me thinking like okay well if I leave right now what if this turkey walks through here or what if this deer walks through here or I would miss the shot or you know like we would on opening day and probably the two days to follow opening day of gun season every year we spend the day in the woods. Like we don't go home. We literally spend the day out there. So. Wow. That's nice. I, uh, yeah. it, it's funny that you, it's funny that you say that. Cause, um, this, this last season, I, I only harvested a doe. I didn't get my buck. I, I let a buck pass, um, that I just, I felt was it just a little too little, you know, I was, I was looking yeah. for something a little bit bigger. And, um, it's funny cause I was freezing my butt off a couple of times and that was the very first thing I kept thinking of, like, I'm going to get out of the stand and <laughs> this thing is going to walk right by me. Like I'm going to be home taking off my clothes and the trail cam's going to go off and I'm going to be like, son of a gun. So I was, I, I'm channeling you on that one there, you know, like you don't want to, don't want to, um, get out of the stand too quickly. I was going to say is Felicia could really vouch for that because one of our recent events that we went to was Nebraska and we drove the 13 hours home watching the sun set in Nebraska. And mm-hmm. we went out to um, Lake, Erie. Lake Huron or Lake Erie. Yeah. And we literally watched the sunrise out there and I'm not, I try not to give up. And I looked at her and said, I don't want to go, but I have to go. I am so cold and so tired and so exhausted. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was honestly one of my favorite moments was to finish, like we finished our evening in Nebraska on duck and geese, drove straight home, sat like literally straight out to the lake 
and we got to watch the sunrise come up together. So it was cool to watch the sunrise in one state and the sun or the sunset in one state and rise in another together and have oh, that yeah. experience out there. And like the amount of ducks that were flying over from, cause we were close to the Canada. So we had a lot of those ducks just, I mean, we had rafts of divers out in front of us and just watching that sun come up together and, and having that experience was really, really cool. Um, but even not just that Christy, we've been on, she's been on some of our walleye events and oh, yeah. bitter crappy weather <laughs> and you get out through all of it. And to me, that's like what, that's like the whole point of being a sportsman is to be able to endure the suffer to enjoy uh -huh. the harvest. And you really have that in you, you have that push, you have that drive. So dad did a great job <laughs> not with you because you are, I would say one of the top people to me as, as far as the women that I've hunted with before, like you stick it out through a lot. And you're, you're always so gung-ho of what's next or, or what's going to come in next. And just having that positivity around is huge. Um, I think that a lot of times, sometimes us as women, we get down on ourselves. And having someone around with that positive attitude all the time, doesn't matter if it's sleeting on us, if it's 12 degrees, like you are positive and ready to keep going. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And dad did raise me right. So, <laughs> so, so let's, let's see, how did you, how did you really get involved with women in the wild? How did you go from transitioning to, you know, I'm, I'm hunting and I'm, I'm just hanging out and doing my thing to, Hey, I see this group and uh, I want to be a part of it. How, how did that all play out? Um, so honestly, um, social media, social media played a big part. Um, like I said, I grew up hunting and fishing and my sisters don't really do it. Um, mm -hmm. so I have a lot of guy friends, um, and I don't really hunt or fish for that matter, do outdoor stuff with a lot of women because I don't have that many women in my life that do it. Um, so I think I just, I came across the post about, uh, a walleye trip or something. I don't, I don't even remember exactly how it happened, but I signed up for it and I was like, this is, this is going to be cool. I'm going to go out with a bunch of women and go fishing. And this could either go, go really, really good or go really, really bad because you get a bunch of women together and it's like, oh my God, just shut up. <laughs> no offense, but <laughs> I'm just used to hanging out with the guys. I'm, I don't like the drama. So when I went on this fishing trip, I mean, it was probably within the, I'd say first 20 minutes or so that Felicia and I just started talking and we connected and it's, it's like, I feel like I've known her all my life. Um, but it was a blast it, it, she's, she's not about the drama. She's, she's out there to really have that mission of getting more women and uh, children involved and just spreading that education. And I, I fell in love with that with her because I'm over here as a young woman that don't have many women in my life. And I'm like, more women need to get out in the freaking outdoors, guys. Come on. Like, it can't just be just that there's got to be more women out there that do this, you know? So it was from that. We just connected. Um, I was supposed to go on a second walleye trip, but unfortunately I got sick and I, I couldn't. But from that, we went sturgeon fishing and sturgeon's been on my bucket list since I was a kid. And that was a blast to do the whole weekend. And from there, it just kept building. So that's kind of how I got connected with her and how I 
got on one of these trips. I went out of my secured bubble of my safety, my safety zone of myself and my close group. And I'm like, I'm going to go try something new with people I don't know. And right. it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. That's awesome. Yeah, the goose hunts, the duck hunts, I mean, yeah. the pheasant hunts. Christy's really like just dove head first into all of it. And it was kind of a no brainer to bring someone like her on, especially with the drive and the positivity she has. Um, but these women that are super involved, like Christy said, we met and it was almost like we knew each other our whole lives. And the, the spark that she brought to the events of how, like in getting women engaged in things, even when she wasn't part of us, it was a really big eye opener of who she is as a person of how much someone like her is an asset to be a part of a team. And it's just really awesome to share that mission with other women, like for her to be like, that's what I want to do. Same with you, Linda and Cass and, and Sam and, and Megan, like these women that we have on our team, they have such a strong passion for getting other women in the outdoors. And that's what we're all here to do. And when you see those women that want to be a part of it and want that same mission just as bad it's almost like you become sisters instantly and it's really cool oh yeah to, to build that you know I I hate to use that word but like to become that like tribe right we do mm -hmm. we we strive as women in the outdoor world that it's very male dominant and we've been raised that way but we're really starting to turn that around and it's getting easier and easier to get out with groups of women. Sometimes it's hard and you have to travel. So, which is kind of funny, Christy and I, once we connected, we realized we only live like a half an hour from each other. Yeah. And we never knew each other prior to her coming on events. So just finding those connections with people that are local that you might not have known existed is really neat to all of it too. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it was with Cass, like before Cass, I mean, Cass moved up north, but she's still only like an hour north of me now. So it's, it's definitely, it was a no brainer. Um, and I think it was like literally the first event at the end of the event, I looked at Felicia, I said, dude, I want to help out. I want to do this more. And then come our sturgeon trip. And I was like, all right, you, we need to bring me on board because I'm all about this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that that's great. Like you pointed out where, I think a lot of women have that that same fear of, oh, this can be really, really good or mm -hmm. it can be really, really bad. And and that's that's great that you've been on so many trips um, with us, different events and everything. And you've always had that positive experience. But I do want to say, I think it's what you put into it. You know, oh, for you, sure. yeah. you have, you have a, a bright, shiny light around you, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right there, um, you know, excited to be there. And, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. You know, if you go on these trips and you're going to come in and, and be all Debbie Downer or, you know, start like, oh, well, what about that? Or complain it, you know, you're going to have that drama and it's fantastic that we don't have that you know that we don't oh we don't yeah have those no. things that everyone is there for everyone yeah. else if that yeah. makes sense you know and I think that that's great and I think it stems back to my childhood as well like I I grew up learning from my father that 
every time you go out in the woods or every time you go hunting, it doesn't mean you're going to bring something home. It's the experience that you get while you're out there. It's the learning and those aspects that you get from going out there. And I could go out in the woods, in the deer woods and sit 20 times. And I learn something different every time I go out there. And no matter how many times I come home empty handed, it's not a negative aspect for me. It's just, it's that simple thing of, well, what did I learn today? Okay. What can I change about that to make the next one better? You know? So I think going into this fishing, like our first day, at, it was, it was crappy, crappy waters to fish on. And if you've never jigged before, you know, if, if you've never done this for walleye, it's like, okay, well, if I don't hit the bottom just right, if I don't keep it down there just right, I'm not going to catch these fish. And it's, it's not necessarily about always catching the fish or shooting the animal. It's about the experience you're having while you're out there. For that event, we were with uh, Michigan Guide Service here in Michigan on uh, St. Clair. And we had, I think we had caught six walleye. Yeah, it was something like that. And our guide was so great about it. Like he realized quickly, like we aren't going, like the walleye just weren't biting that day. And he completely turned it around and he's like, all right, who's caught salmon? So we, (laughs) we just literally pulled up at the dock to let all, like at the private launch and let all the girls go to the bathroom and rigged everything up to troll for salmon. And we turned it around and he ended up pulling a double header to keep our girls out there and provide a good time. But it was like, even these guides that take that into consideration, like you're taking these girls out for an experience. So like having that kind of stuff, we, we seek stuff like that with women of the wild in our guides that are going to go above and beyond for our girls. I really think that contributed. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like bird hunting. I literally just had this conversation earlier that at the end of the day with like duck hunting and everything, um, it's not about the number that's on the ground. So if your girls mm-hmm. walk into an event realizing that this is not like what we're doing is not about the harvest. It's about building the community while the birds or the fish or anything like that are an added bonus. At the end of the day, we are trying to build a community and educate these girls. And Christy has really absorbed that. Like she's got this ice fishing event that we're going to be hosting here in Michigan and she's spearheading that. And She's going to be hosting that and um, teaching women how to ice fish. It's it's really cool to me to see these women teaching women. And, you know, she's already got some things up her sleeve for things in the spring for hosting. And I'm just, I'm really curious to see how that, I don't want to say curious. I'm really excited to see how that pans out because I don't see a lot of that. And having a female willing to step up to the plate and educate other women is a really big part of it too. I feel like these girls are more comfortable learning from another female. And it's really, really awesome to see a woman that kind of just starts into something, but then is willing to take over where they're productive. So like Christy has her spots where like, you know, some of her stuff she's done with us, like the sturgeon is something she's never done, but ice fishing she has and she's going to provide that point of expertise or like you know Megan and Linda with your trapping the trapping class taking those like even though we're experiencing new things together you're also taking your expertise and shining and showing that to women I think that's a really big thing that our team members have brought to the table and Christy is like like I said spearheading these where like she's like I know how to fly fish we're going to teach these girls how to fly fish 
And that is really awesome to see her growing and putting her knowledge into other people's hands. And honestly, with the fly fishing, it's fly fishing is the one thing I did not grow up doing. Um, my father was not into fly fishing. My, my grandfather was some, but I just never really got into it with him. And I haven't been doing it for very long either. Uh, COVID hit and I'm over here like, okay, well, I want something to do. And I'm like, what else can I do? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to fly fish. I'm, I'm going to pick, I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it because I want to be able to keep you know, that going. And I, I don't want to just stop at the small game and the deer and the turkey. I want to be able to continue it further. And after sturgeon fishing, like, which was on my bucket list and all this stuff, I'm like, you know what? Fly fishing is, I said to Felicia, I said, I want to get these girls out there and go fly fishing. Like so many women are intimidated at, by it. And it's, it's much, I guess, I don't want to say easier said than done because it's not the easiest thing to do. But it's, it's once you do it, it's the accomplishment makes you feel that much better because of how hard and challenging it is to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can, uh, I can agree to that. I think that has a lot to do, though, with anything outdoor wise, like, Mm -hmm. I, I look at it as, you know, the, the activities that we're doing they're not necessarily easy, but if you stick with it, if you pay attention, they're extremely rewarding, you know? Um, oh, yeah. and, and it can be frustrating, you know, sitting in a deer stand day after day after day and, and nothing <laughs> happening or, you know, going out and, and going fishing and you're just not in the right spot and nothing's biting that day. I mean, those things can be extremely frustrating, but you know, picking up a, a new skill, picking up something that you, you've never done, you've never tried before and being able to master that and tackle it, I think is, is great, you know? Um, and that's, that's awesome that you, you kind of taught yourself there, you know, during COVID you're like, all right, so, so how did you go about doing that? Did you pick up like YouTube videos? Did you pick so up a I buddy? What? I, <laughs> I watched, I, uh, I had, a. I had like two buddies who did it, but I also watched a crap ton of YouTube videos. And um, I actually later on, once I started really, really getting into it, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take a couple classes. And um, so there's a local shop uh, out in Ipsy. Um, and I, I went up to them and I'm like, hey, you guys, like, I want to learn how to, to fly fish, you know, and the this, so this, um, place called Schultz and they're out in Ipsy. And so I did kind of like a one-on-one little class with them. And my instructor was amazing. And he didn't like, he didn't look down on me as a woman trying to learn how to fly fish. He got after me because growing up with, you know, rod and reel and spinners and all that, it's totally different. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the way you do everything is totally different. So He'd be like, okay, too fast. You have to slow down. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's just, it's, you have to be patient and it actually, you have time to sit and think and it's just so rewarding in that matter. And from there, I kind of just continued. Um, the painted trout is in Dexter. So, um, we know the, the people who own that and, um, 
it's just been rewarding going in there and talking to them and getting viewpoints from them. And then after that, I was like, you know what, I kind of want to learn how to tie flies. And it just kind of continued. Um, my boyfriend, uh, we've been together for two and a half years, and he's huge into fly fishing um, and tying as well. And actually, that was one of our that was our first date was it was COVID. So we really couldn't go to a show or dinner or anything like that. And I said, you know what, let's go fly fishing. And we went and we raided, uh, waited the Huron River for like four or five hours just talking and just walking upstream and enjoying our time. So it's it's something I do have a, a new passion for. So I got to ask, did he say whenever you brought up, hey, let's go fly fishing? Like, did he think you were the coolest girl ever to, <laughs> to bring that up? Like, because I feel like that's probably not a first date that he's been on before. You know, I, I think that that's probably out in left field, you know, hey, can we go fly fishing? <laughs> it definitely um, threw him off. But um, we went to high school together and we graduated together. So he knew um, just kind of in the background that I hunted and fished and all this stuff and when we kind of when we got together we were just talking about how I picked up fly fishing and so that's sweet I fly fish too and so he was kind of thrown off by it I didn't think he expected me to come out with that right away but I mean it's it's what I enjoy doing so if you want to spend time with me it's it's great if you want to spend time with me but I'm gonna go do this <laughs> you either go or you don't <laughs> right well I mean you're you're two and a half years and, and going strong. So I, uh, I guess that's probably a good first date. Ladies, if you're out there yeah. listening, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe take him on a, on a fly fishing first date. And, you know, there might be rings in your future. You never know. <laughs> His friends for the longest time didn't think I was real. They, uh, he, he told them how I, I hunt and I fish and he showed them pictures of me with, you know, with my deer and, turkey and all this stuff and they for the longest time asked him if I was real and when I first finally met them they're like oh my god Trevor she's real <laughs> that's, that's awesome you were the imaginary girlfriend for a while huh <laughs> yeah yep that's yep awesome. so um, this girl's I too good to be true. oh I'm sorry go ahead what was that no I said this girl's too good to be true right right and now a short word from our sponsors Hey everyone, Andy from ACC Crappie Sticks. I want to tell you about our full line of vertical jigging and live scoping crappie rods. We have from 10 foot to 13 foot in mid seat to rear seat and available in cork and super grip handles to cover all of your vertical fishing and live scoping needs. Go to acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. Spark that fire and passion for the great outdoors through the gift of reading and learning with your kids. Dr. Josh Farr's vivid storytelling will captivate and teach your little ones through books like The ABCs of Hunting, Let's Go Out and Play, and his latest book, coming soon, The ABCs of the Outdoors. Your kids will love the great stories and bright, colorful pictures as they learn about friendship, life, and nature. See all of Dr. Josh Farr's books at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S-H-F-A-R-R.com. Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north or in the deep south, 
and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you are looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls With Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. So I want to I want to change gears for a second here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you do for a living because I find it extremely fascinating. <laughs> and and no, 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 no. And, and, and I want to point it out because I'm sure that there are people out there who are going to have questions. So, so I want to talk a little bit about what you do for a living. So I work in the veterinarian field as a technician and I've been in the field for about six years now. Um, and yeah, I help save animals lives, <laughs> but I think that help the sick and that stuff. So I think that that's awesome to to show that you do have so much respect for animals, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that's sometimes lost on people. You know, they they think of us as hunters, and oh, you're out, you're you're killing wildlife. You don't care about the wildlife, and that's that is completely a falsehood, like completely a falsehood. You know. Oh, yeah. um, so. So your view, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming is probably the same as us, you know, that those animals, they're there to provide us with food and, and, you know, anything that's being used is, is for that, you know, some kind of providing of a food or clothing or, you know, whatnot. So, um, do you get any backlash from people about, you know, that, that you're a vet tech and yet you're hunting and fishing? I mean, is that ever an issue? I do. I've uh, I've had my fair share of people tell tell me how I guess wrong my way of life is and how I'm not ethically sound in a sense if I'm here to support you know the ones who don't have a voice, but at the same time I also take their lives and I kind of explain it in a sense of yes, I've. I hunt my fish and I've been doing it since I was a kid. Um, but I have also wanted to go into veterinary medicine as a child. My original goal was to go for my full doctorate and become an actual vet. And I learned quickly entering the field that 
the assistants and the technicians tend to be more hands-on. Um, they're the ones that are really at the front line in front of the doctor. Um, but at the end of the day, this is my way of life and this is my contribute to the ones who don't have a voice, but also I'm able to provide food for my family and I'm able to provide things that nature's intended for. Um, whereas dogs and cats tend to be kind of in a different sense, uh, not that they're less valuable or valuable versus a, a deer or something, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here to do my job and I'm here to help save lives and help clients with their animals, but I'm also here to provide for my family. Right. Yeah. Linda, that's a really good point. Um, I think a lot of people misconstrue compassion for animals versus hunting them. And mm -hmm. it's actually a really great topic because the backlash that you get as a hunter or even fishing, how can you rip those lips out of those fish? But mainly hunters, I feel get it bad. And with what Christy does, being a vet tech, um, it just goes to show how much compassion that us hunters have with our animals. Um, because she's not only a vet tech, she raises animals. She's got, she's got a little petting zoo in her house. Um, <laughs> but the compassion aspect of a hunter, I think is a lot of times overlooked that we're looked at as murderers that you're out there just killing these animals. And it's really not the case. Most people that are out there hunting have a lot of compassion for those animals. And mm -hmm. I think Christy's a really prime example of that, of somebody who dedicates not only their, their life to saving animals, but also the harvesting of them. There's still a compassion level to that as well, because these populations need managed. They're like you said that Christy, it's not that they're any less of a value, but they do have a different purpose. And they do. Yeah. Is I think a really important aspect to being in the outdoors is recognizing that still having the compassion. Um, like I saw a video last week of somebody saving a deer that had its face stuck in the ice and people gave him a lot of grief because they're like, well, you're a hunter. Why would you save it? Well, why wouldn't you save it? It's going to, mm -hmm. you know, your future populations to be able to hunt. So I think that the conservation and compassion aspect for hunters is a really big thing. And seeing somebody like Christy who at work is devoting her life to animals and then outside of work is devoting her life to animals. It's just in a different sense. And a lot of people don't understand it. Um, I think it's really neat. And I think that it takes a really big heart to do what she does. And a lot of people can't, and like you said, they, they don't, you know, think about the differences in that. Um, so for example, one of my coworkers also has her own little mini farm and Back in September and October, I was over and it, I was helping her with her meat, with her meat birds. And a lot of people are like, well, how can you do this? And I'm like, in the same sense, this is what they're raised for. They're raised for meat. They are raised to go from, you know, the chicken pen to be butchered and to your table. And they're not being processed with all this different stuff that are in, in the stores now. And same with my chickens here at my house. Grant you right now, I don't have meat chickens, but I have egg chickens. And at the end of the day, if one of them's sick, yes, I am going to do everything in my possible care to help them and to not make them suffer. But they're also there to provide eggs for me, you know? So 
Whereas a dog and a cat come into the clinic, I'm going to do everything in my power to help them and to make them feel better. Um, but that's what there are. They're, they're the pets. So I, a lot of people, I do get a lot of lashback for it and it just amazes me. Um, it's, it's something that I didn't think as an adult, I would have so much, take so much crap for, um, <laughs> but it's a passion on both ends. And yes, I've been through hunts where it's like, oh my God, I shouldn't, you know, I, I think about my ethical shot and I think about different things, but growing up, you have different, you have aspects where it's like crap, you know, and as a young teenager, I took a shot that I probably wouldn't take now as an adult. Um, but I took it and it ended up being a gut shot and I tracked her for miles. And once we found her, my dad's like, all right, you get to do this one. And I'm like, what do you mean? I get to do this one. Like you always do my deer for me, dad. And he's like, nope, you got to learn. I learned on a gut shot, you know, it's, and I'm like, I never taken that shot again. (laughs) (laughs) So you definitely learned, (laughs) you know, and, and I've had deer where they just, they, by the time we find them, they're, they're not fully gone yet. And I've been through the situation. Yeah. Compassion. The compassion is there, but at the same time, from an ethical standpoint, their nature and it's there to, to feed off of. And that's just what I, what I try to comprehend in my mind that yes, it hurts, but at the end of the day, it's there to feed my family. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that that's just important for people to to hear and for that to be pointed out. Um, and I didn't mean to kind of put you on the spot there whenever. <laughs> no, I, it's, whatever it's I said. okay. I think, I think that that's, that's something that's very fascinating, um, you know, and I think that it kind of gives people maybe a little bit of a reality check, you know, um, because in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, probably getting a little off topic, but, you know, it's, it's a heck of a lot more ethical in, in, like I said, in my opinion, to go out and harvest your deer or raise your meat chickens and, and those things than it is to, to purchase that from a store that came mm-hmm. from these big, huge chicken farms that who knows what is going on, you know? Um, and that's, that's fantastic that you're able to do that because you are harvesting what you need and you're using that meat you're not letting it go to waste the whole process and and quite honestly is probably a lot less painless than getting it from some of those big chicken farms or you know meat farms or or whatnot so I mean that's something that I think people need to understand and look at you know those are some of the hard topics but at the same time they're they're conversations that really need to be had I think and this was my first year participating in uh, the whole meat bird thing. I've, I've always been interested kind of in it just because I want to get to that point in life where I can be self-sufficient, um, especially with feeding my family. So when I had the opportunity to come and literally learn step by step how it's done, I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I don't know if I can actually kill this chicken with my bare hands like this and I struggled with it mentally at first but then at the end of the day I realized they literally fed for the last eight weeks they lived in basically a sanctuary 
Like they had more room than you could possibly think of. They got to free roam the yard. They got to do all this stuff. And here they are, literally no medications in them, none of that. And they're here. They, it's, I don't want to say it's painless because it's not, but at the end of the day, it's, it's quicker. Mm-hmm. It's more sufficient. It's more ethical in that sense for me. And now that we have our own chickens for our eggs, um, Trevor makes fun of me because I'm an egg person. I love eggs and I've, I've always loved eggs. So I always have eggs with breakfast. And now that we have our own chickens, I can't eat store-bought eggs. I mm-hmm. can't, you know, I, we went out to breakfast a few months ago and I ordered eggs with my meal and I took one bite and granted you, they were cooked beautifully, but I passed them to the side of the table and Trevor's like, what's wrong? And I said, I can't eat those. It's not that they're bad. It's just, they, they taste so funny to me now. Mm-hmm. And it's after realizing it, like I literally can walk out my backyard, grab a fresh chicken egg that was laid that morning and go in and cook it. Who wouldn't want that fresh of an egg? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've never it's thought a... of that, that tasting different. Um, but I think, I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, I intermix so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because we don't, we don't have chickens. Um, personally, we used to, but we had a mink that killed them. And then I decided to kill the mink. So that's a whole nother story. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, uh, but now, so we, we have store-bought and, um, there's, there's people down the, down the road from us that will get eggs from. So I intermix mine. And so I guess I never really thought that much about how different they, you know, how different they taste, but yeah, I guess that I could see that going. It, it makes me think of, so my husband's kids forever, whenever they were kids, um, they used to eat just deer meat and they went to a friend's house and they're like, why does this hamburger taste so funny? And he's like, because it's actually beef, <laughs> like because <laughs> it's not deer meat. And they were like turning yeah. their nose up at it and everything. So I could see that. Yeah. You know, people even know the fresh fish, you know, like I would rather go out and catch my own fish than buy the fish from the store. It's just it's how it's prepared. And it's it's what's mm-hmm. given to them in the process of wherever they are, you know, or whether it be a trout farm or a chicken farm or like I said to Trevor the other day, like I, I really want to go buy a half a cow because I know it will be much fresher um, and taste much better than going and buying it from the store. <laughs> Eventually on our mini farm, we, we hope to have, you know, a meat cow or two, but that's down the road. So, <laughs> well, and it's something to think about too. Cause like our family, we don't, we, we try very hard to avoid store-bought products. So like we're, my family's the same. My kids, if it's beef, they don't want it. They eat venison, um, fresh eggs, you know, that that's what they thrive off of. So, but what a lot of people don't take into consideration, like you said, with the trout farms or the cattle farms, these animals aren't being raised in a paradise, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're doing from like a homestead standpoint, it's different because a lot of people will give you grief on that. Well, you'll, you'll call your own chickens, but you won't buy chicken at the grocery store. It's still not the same. They haven't been pumped full of hormones and antibiotics. They're also not stepping on top of each other, living in their fecal matter, literally just being fed to the point that they're about to bust and then butchered. It's, 
these animals are living, like you said, free range, they're living this beautiful life. So would you want to eat something that has lived this atrocious lifestyle for a couple of weeks? They're probably not going to be as happy. You know what I mean? And I do think that that contributes to the quality of the meat. Mm -hmm. Having these animals raised at these like feed mills and things like that, and then butchered, they're just the quality of life of the animal that you're getting at a grocery store is not going to be the same as a farm raised animal in general. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with hunting a lot is knowing what you're putting on your table and what's mm-hmm. inside of it. So with those hormones, those antibiotics, that's what you're getting bleached meat. Um, you know, we've had this conversation on previous podcasts, but that's a thing. Like they, they bleach the color of meat in a grocery store. That's why it's red and not that purple color. Um, you're getting all of that bypassed by being more self-sufficient. And like you said, purchasing from local farmers and buying that half a cow, it's a different quality. And I think it's great to see more people getting into that. Like, yeah, I know you called me all excited about calling those chickens. And I think it's it's a really great lifestyle for people. And I feel like ever since COVID, it's really tipped the scales of people wanting to do that and realizing that yeah. this is even hunting. It's a new way to provide for my family that I don't have to rely on a grocery store. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's rewarding in, in basically every aspect. And, and what I take from it is not only am I putting food on the table for my family, but at the end of the day, I learned so much when I go out there. I learn something different every time I step into those woods or every time I step into that field or get on the boat into the lake. Like, it's just a learning experience and it keeps my brain going. And that's what I really enjoy about it. So now did you always have like a mini farm? I mean, or did that, (laughs) or did that come about like because of COVID did that, you know, when did those kind of things happen? So that, that came about when Trevor and I started dating because so he grew up in a small town. Um, So he's always had this dream of like this mini farm. And wanting, you know, he wants alpacas and and he wants ducks and geese and we want to get meat chickens and stuff. So when we moved in together and or when I moved into his house, we discussed it and I'm like, well, eventually we're going to be moving from this place. Um, So we didn't want to go full for like full forward with the whole thing. Um, So we started out with egg chickens and it's it's been a blast. I mean, I didn't. Although they're, they're chickens, like I get it. And I'm the one that to me, everything is a pet. <laughs> so they're my pet chickens. They all have names. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and everyone just, everyone gets a kick out of them. And so for our neighbors and stuff, we're like, here's, here's some eggs, you know, Theodore and Harold are screaming their heads off at five o'clock in the morning, but it's, and we're really lucky where we're at. And I've, I've told Felicia before that, the next big thing on my list that I want to learn how to do is trapping. I want to get into trapping and we are very fortunate where we live. We don't have a lot of predators. Um, I'm a part of some Facebook groups um, for chickens and I hear these God awful stories about bears getting into these chicken coops or raccoons eating these chickens and minks and possums and all this stuff. And I'm like, we are so fortunate that we don't have to deal with that right now. But when the time comes, like, I need to be prepared. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to, I need to be prepared for my chickens. Like, 
They right. may be livestock, but they're my pet chickens. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you definitely need to, uh, you need to be prepared. Cause let me tell you when those predators move in, your chickens yeah, so, will, will be gone real quick. So right now we, we aren't, uh, I mean, we're on less than two acres. Um, we have about, we have 16 chickens. Um, so our goal is to, when we do sell the house and move, we're hoping to get at least on about 10 acres. Um, cause I want some deer hunting property and obviously we want some room to have a little mini farm. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to start learning how to, how to do alpaca wool. <laughs> So, I mean, Trevor really hit the jackpot. You've got your first date, you're fly fishing, <laughs> you're raising chickens, you're, you are a, a vet tech, so you know how to take care of all of this in case it gets sick. I mean, he's got, he's got the girl. <laughs> I mean, I hope he knows that. <laughs> Trevor, if you're listening, I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> Put a ring on if that not, finger. <laughs> if not, Felicia will keep me. <laughs> I was just going to make the comment <laughs> the other, um, because Christy and I attend, we tend to be uh, inseparable at the hip at times. And I think Trevor knows what he's got because she's, I mean, she's fantastic in all aspects. Um, the positive attitude, the hunting, the fishing. And to me, like, how lucky can you get that? I mean, most girls want a mini cow and stuff like that, but I mean, Christy, <laughs> She just brought Nigel home, right? Yeah. Yes, I have a new snake called his name's Nigel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I would probably draw the line at the snake. <laughs> like... Trevor would have drawn the line at the snake too, but I also so here's the thing with Trevor though. So when I moved before I even moved in, he's allergic to cats, and I also have two cats. And when I moved in, I said, "I hope you know." My cats aren't going anywhere. So if you want me to move in, they're coming and they're coming with me. And this guy moved me into his house with two cats. So what does that oh, tell you? Are his <laughs> eyes like permanently puffy? That's what I'm asking. Like, <laughs> no, we, we drew the line that they weren't allowed into our bedroom. Like my cats used to always sleep with me. They don't. So they're not allowed in our bedroom anymore. Um, but other than that, I mean... He makes fun of them because the stupid mice, the field mice that come in, he's like, come on, Maverick, go do your job. What are you worth? You know? And he always jokes about putting him in a box and shipping him somewhere. But I'm like, deep down inside, you love my animals just as much as you love me. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so we normally try to keep these to roughly about an hour. So, um, and we're coming up on that and so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up real quick, but what are some of the things that we can expect from you in the future? Like, what are some of the hunts that you'd like to go on? What are, what are some of those bucket list items that, that you'd like to, to tackle? Uh, I mean, I got a lot to tackle, but <laughs> as far as women, as far as women of the wild goes, um, like Felicia said, I got some things up my sleeve uh, for this spring. I'm, I'm trying to arrange some, some fly fishing um, kind of class where you you learn about it and then you're able to go out and do it at the same time. Um, I'm going to try to get into some fly tying classes for women of the wild. Um, and this fall, I'm, I got some duck and fish up my sleeve as well, um, kind of 
go from there. But as far as my own personal bucket list, um, I really want a muskie. A muskie's on my bucket list. Um, I got my surgeon this past summer, so muskie's on my list. Um, I have some big game as well, but that I, I may just have to put on hold for a little bit. It just depends. You know, I have my elk and my bear I put in points for. So, um, but just a little stuff around here helping out. Um, I plan on doing a bunch of fishing trips for Women of the Wild and, and PR in those events and getting out. Um, like Felicia was saying, at the end of the month, as long as the Michigan gods and uh, ice gods work <laughs> in my favor, um, I will have safe ice to take 10 wonderful ladies out and teach them from from safety to baiting a hook and drilling a hole in the ice and, you know, the species that are in our lake and stuff like that. Um, I have the chance to do that and we're trying to get that together and go from there. But other than that, um, just kind of going with the flow and, and trying to get out there. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of big things um, we're going to see from you, definitely. And I've got to say... Felicia just needs to remember to, to bring her Depends. That's the only thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This girl, let me tell you, if she has a PR on the event, to any girl that goes on this event with her, you are going to need a pack of Depends with you because she will make you laugh so hard that you're going to pee yourself. Like, the humor and the positivity combination with this girl... It's insane. And especially when you get her and Cassidy together, because they're both like that. Um, I made the comment to them when we went to Nebraska that I needed to go stop at a store and buy a pack of Depends. They had me <laughs> laughing so hard that I literally thought I was going to pee myself. And <laughs> it's just, she's like a spark everywhere she goes. And she's not kidding at all. Buy a pack but but honestly, Linda, our first our first walleye trip together, like I someone had to break the ice because nobody was talking and it was quiet uh-huh. as hell on that boat. And I'm like, all right, guys, let's let's get to know each other. Like, let's talk. And right by our sturgeon event, it's and it's not always me purposely doing it. Like one of the funniest things that happened on our sturgeon event was me literally telling the fish, okay, bye, as I released it. And these girls <laughs> all lost their shit even our guide lost his shit because all I did was say okay bye and it's become a big thing now oh. yeah that's how we say bye to each other now so um anyway it was the way it was done but she will have like the funniest little one-liners that she will throw in there but yeah that walleye event that she was on that's the one we were discussing at the beginning of the call the weather was awful like it was raining on us we were all cold we were trying to like focus and it was it was pretty quiet we were still having a good time but it was quiet and christy just like almost like she turned an announcement on and she's like all right ladies and then she got the laughter rolling and like the conversation going and it picked up the mood and then like ironically at the same time the sun came out like almost as if it were fate it was just she's got that about her that's fantastic I would like to point 2023 has some good, has some big things coming. So I hope you girls are ready. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. Felicia, I would like to point out that. um, So this is the second interview that we have had of our team members. We Mm -hmm. have, we have three team members and Megan talked about underwear. We've got Christy (laughs) talking about depends. So when when Sam gets on here, I mean she's got she's got something to follow. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, 
but only imagine I feel like this just needs to be my thing for every event I think I just need to buy depends and like literally just when I introduce myself be like if anybody needs a pair I have them for you (laughs) this is what you're gonna need to handle me (laughs) and that's just it Linda I mean it's you either take me as I am or you don't that's that's just kind of how I am but I think that that brings a great dynamic to these different events. Having someone who has your personality, who has your energy. You know, we talked a little bit at the beginning of this about, you know, not wanting to bring drama to these things, that this could have went really bad or really good for you. And I think having someone like you who is now part of Women of the Wild, PRing different events, bringing that energy, you know, that that really gives women a positive outlook on this stuff, especially if this is the very first time you've ever picked up a bow or you picked up a rod or anything like that. If you're not having a good time, I mean, that could ruin it for for here on out. You know what I mean? Like if your first time is like this, this is what I'm dealing with kind of thing, you know, that could that could totally ruin the experience and heck they could have been one heck of a fly fisher but if there was an event where that they went to and it was all full of drama like they don't want to fly fish anymore that that's what they're associating with that with so i think mm-hmm. having someone with your personality and your energy and just going at it like that's that's fantastic and i'm glad and you're part like of the, the energy team. well thank you i i feel like that energy level needs to be there and I'm maybe not a hundred percent of the time but these these women are coming to the events and if you have that expectation of you're going to catch something or you're going to kill somebody or kill something not somebody excuse <laughs> me but if you're going to kill something then at the end of the day you walk away in a sense empty-handed with no kill it I, that's not what you need to take away. You need to take away the experience. You need right. to take away how much fun you had. You need to take away the educational aspect. Like, hey, I just learned how to do all this. And even though I didn't physically kill something, I'm able to now go do it on my own. And I feel like that positive energy of keeping these women going when we mm-hmm. when it is miserable weather or when the wildlife is not working with us, you know, at the end of the day, it's you have to just go with the flow and keep that energy going, or they're going to have a, a crappy time and they're not going to want to come back to another event. Well, right? and then you have the events where they're weekend events and it's the time to kill in like your spare time. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I think a lot of people overlook that with these events. Like, yeah, we, we went to Nebraska for the goose duck hunt, but then there's still the evenings after it gets dark where everybody's back and we're having dinner or, you know, when Christy had to carry me to the shower because I wouldn't get up with my phone, I was working and she's like, took my phone and put me in the shower. Um, but like having that playful personality at all costs, it just makes everything so much lighter and it's so fun. And the, from, I mean, start to finish from getting up in the morning and eating breakfast in a trailer to skidding in our blinds and then getting lost, trying to run to a gas station and coming back to finish the hunt in the evening and then go back out for dinner. There's a lot to that. And you're exhausted and you have your personal lives going on and and things like that, that you're trying to attend to throughout the day. And then to have a group of girls 
to sit down and still be that excited at 10 o'clock when they got up at 4 a.m. and have worked their butts off and still have that energy and that drive with no quit. That's what Women of the Wild embodies with it is to teach these girls that like this sometimes is the outdoors and you can't quit. And Christy does a damn good job of that when she's on these events is keeping that morale at like a maxed out. I'm going to say like an 11 because you hit that 10 scale and you just keep going. You just, it's really, really impeccable to see a personality to be able to be as positive and strong willed as you are all the time. And a lot of our girls here at Women of the Wild are like that. That's why we have that great uh, sisterhood that we have. And then we try to build that with the new girls that come on events or, you know, when we do our, our courses and things like that, it's really neat to see. I think a lot of these people don't know the drive that they have until they're around someone like you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I mean, to go along with it, to, to close it out, like, I think another part plays into it because I want to continue to to thrive in conservation and stuff. And I want to continue to spread awareness and spread education. And it's right now, I don't have my own kids. Um, and when I do eventually, I would love to pass it on to them. But to have the opportunity to pair up with you and Women of the Wild and all these people, it just kind of helps that spark in me still stay alive because I'm helping somebody else learn how to do something that they may never have thought about doing it in the first place. And because we're out there as women, they're like, Oh, well they can do it. She can do it. Why can't I? And I feel like that's kind of just helping push me forward um, and to help me continue to strive for that, you know, cause I want that to stay in my family um, and that's the one thing I had said, you know, my, my parents are in their seventies this year. So it's like, I don't, when they do pass, I don't want it to pass with them. I want to continue to carry on, um, what I was taught as a young kid. And I want to be able to carry that on through other people. I think that's a great note to end on right there. That, that sounds perfect, you know? Um, and, and I love that you have such a great heart and that you're willing to share so much with with others. Um, you're a fantastic asset um, to Women of the Wild. I've I've enjoyed getting to know you. I've enjoyed um, the, the personality and spark that you bring to the team. Um, so anybody out there listening, if you get a chance to, to go on an event and Christy's PRing, you now know a little <laughs> bit more about her and um, you might want to send her your size for depends because apparently it sounds like she's going to be to be bringing them. Um, but but yeah, I mean, ladies, check out check out all the different events that we have going on um, in our Facebook groups and and in our on our page. We have some of those upcoming events posted. Um, please check them out. We have them on the website as well. Anything that you could sign up for. We also still have our cookbooks and our calendars that are for sale as well. Um, and ladies, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? I just want to let our listeners know that we have a lot of really great events coming up for 2023. A, um, a little bit of a sneak peek has already been released of what to expect, but there are even more events that are coming. 
and um, we will definitely be involving children and families into some of our upcoming events as well. Um, our courses calendar has not been released yet, but we do have some really great courses this year coming up and educational programs. Um, uh, some of the things are going to be teaming up with the USDA for fishing events and, and things of that nature, um, getting the kids outdoors, getting families involved together. So Women of the Wild has that really main focus of getting women in the outdoors. But when you get a woman in the outdoors, especially a mother, um, they tend to bring the kids with them. And we want to focus on that. And we don't want um, to be excluding children out of our hunts. So we do have adult only hunts, but we are going to start venturing into the realm of getting more kids out with us. Definitely can't wait. I just, I just want anybody listening to know that if you are curious about anything that we do, um, it, it is women answering your messages. It's women answering your calls. Um, so we're here to help you. Um, like Felicia always says, uh, there's not, a stupid question. There's not a stupid answer. Um, growing up and, and doing what I do, um, I continue to learn every day um, from whether it be my guy friends or, you know, my, my new sisterhood with women of the wild, or even me still going and asking my dad questions. Um, just get out there. Just if you don't think you've ever wanted to do something or if you don't think you'll have interest in it whatsoever, this is a these trips are great opportunities to attempt it and to see what it's like before you really indulge in it. Because some of these different events, um, you know, fly fishing, it can get expensive fast. Duck hunting and goose hunting, it can get expensive fast when you're doing, buying all these this gear and stuff. But if you just go out and try it, that way you'll know, hey, this is something I can really continue to enjoy or no, nah, this isn't for me. But at least you can say you've tried it because until you try it, you're not going to know if you like it or not. So just get out there and try it is all I got to sign off with. Fantastic <laughs> note. Yeah, I think that sounds good. So, all right, well, we're going to close it up there. Thank you very much, Christy, for, for being a part of this. Felicia, it's always a pleasure. And um, <laughs> we will, we will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.